You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. checked out the new Hyundai Elantra. How was it? I have to say, it was a pretty smooth operator. Are you sure you're talking about a car? <laughs> it's a tech lover's dream. The digital key feature lets you lock and unlock the doors, and get this, with dynamic voice recognition, I can control the temperature, roll down the windows, and change radio stations just by talking. <laughs> I know you like that. <laughs> you too can talk to the all-new Hyundai Elantra. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, but I am not your host. Actually, your host in this episode is Angelica and Ryan. In this very first segment, Angelica interviews Stephanie Levi John, who appears in the Stars series The Spanish Princess. So if you're a fan of that show, you do not want to miss this episode. In the second segment, If you love the series Fargo, then definitely stick around. Ryan interviews the ladies of Fargo, actors Karen Aldridge, Angie White, and Jay Nicole Brooks. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Angelica, and joining me today is a very special guest. She is one of the breakout stars of the series, The Spanish Princess. Say hi to Stephanie Levi-John. Hey, Stephanie. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited to have you on today. Um, As many of our listeners know, I am a huge fan of the series, so I'm so excited to talk to you about it. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm so excited about talking with you. I know, and this is our second time. I'm glad I get a little bit more time with you now. Um, (laughs) And I wanted to say, I've done a few uh, junkets, and I just have to say, your junket, your entire cast and the showrunners, Matthew and Emma, you guys are like the sweetest, warmest, nicest people. I felt like I was just so happy and light after I did that. So oh, kudos oh. to you guys. It's oh, so lovely to hear that because, you know, I guess I guess actors get a bad rap sometimes. And I think <laughs> no, this is I think we all we all sort of admit this. We're just grateful and, and so happy to be doing what, what we're doing. And I know I for one definitely feel that way. So just even being asked to to talk and, you know, express my opinions about the show and about, you know, this period of time especially is is great. So thank you so much for, for having me. I really appreciate oh, I, it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um and I I'm guessing just 
off the little bit of energy I felt from the cast, I'm guessing on set was a dream for you guys, like working yeah. together. Yeah, on set was 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 a lot of fun. I mean, this season there's a lot of there's there's a lot of juice <laughs> to say the least, and a lot of quite tough subject matter uh, matters to talk about. But yeah, to to work with such supportive people. Um, was was literally a dream come true especially because this is the biggest thing I've ever done and so when you're working with you know seasoned professionals who've been doing it for a long time but who also know how to have a laugh and also will talk to you about random things it's mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely it's definitely a blessing one that I'm very very grateful for awesome awesome so I want to say, I, I'm a fan. I love watching stars. I love all their their shows. And I, I've watched The White Princess and The White Queen. But what really drew me to this series, just seeing the, the first promos on part one, was seeing Lena de Cardona's a Black woman side by side with the Queen. Right. Um, <laughs> Catherine Riggs. So that, that brought me straight in. So for you, what was that like portraying a Black woman of nobility, of power, in a period piece, uh, do you know what it, it was? It's in, it's incredible, really. The 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 fact that I get to play not only a black woman in a period drama is huge, but the fact that she's part of the aristocracy is something that I'd never seen myself playing. And and you know, I've I've said this sort of in passing, but I don't know whether it was ignorance or what it was about having a black woman you know a lead character in a period drama that I just didn't think was possible I don't I I, yeah when I say that now that I've played Lena it sounds really strange but if you if you transport me back to two three years ago and beyond it just wasn't something that I could see myself playing I mean I had a friend who was just like oh would you do a period drama and I was just like babes me in a period drama I don't know I don't really see my place with that but honestly it's an absolute honor and the thing that I love about it is that it's got people asking questions and 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 wanting to know more about the history of of the Moors and their place within society at that time and it's a blessing. I just feel so lucky to be able to play such an incredible woman, really, really and truly. Awesome. And, you know, it's, it's safe to say that Catherine helped usher that in, if you if you go back in history. Because like you, I wasn't aware. I had no idea. And then watching part one, I did my research um, and I was like, whoa, Lena de Cardona's was like a real person. Like she's not a made up character mm-hmm. for this TV show. She was she served the queen for 20, 26 years. Yeah. Um, so she, so you're, you're portraying a historical character, which in, in, in itself is huge. Exactly. Um, so yeah. And then, she, you know, so she brought in Moors from her country, uh, Jews, Muslims. So yeah. she was actually a very progressive queen. So to see that portrayed on screen and seeing Lena as her equal in many ways, uh, that's, that's huge. That's big for someone like me that did not grow up seeing princesses or nobility yeah. portrayed by 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 people of color, people that look like me. So exactly, yes, yeah, it's, it's huge. It really is. And like you said, I like the fact that you said that they're in some ways equal, because you know we're kind of given a glimpse of behind the scenes, you know, in the court and in the in the quarters and those kind of things of them together, and they are in 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 a way quite equal in their um, in their standing of each other, if you know what I mean. 
Liz right. very much is Catherine's rock. And we'll, we, ha- we have a saying here in London, we'll tell you about yourself. So she, mm. will, tell, she will tell Catherine when she's when she's going when she's when she's doing the most basically (laughs) (laughs) babes you need to calm down okay and you know it's it's wonderful to see this incredible woman who is a more who is black who has such uh a place her place within the court is definitely valid and with Catherine it's 100% valid yeah yeah, absolutely. And I always, I, I said it, uh, Lena is the glue. She mm-hmm. holds everything together. True to a black woman, just doing everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> people in line, running the household. She does not play. So um, that's just a breath of air to see. Um, and I also see her as uh, Catherine's protector. Yeah. Um, because oftentimes, I mean, we we can talk about spoilers, can't we? I feel like because we're we're not airing this until <laughs> right before the the finale. But... Oh, well then, great. Yeah, and I'm assuming so, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I I think we're good. <laughs> um, but she protects her. Uh, you know, there's rumors in court about Henry. I mean, it's not a spoiler that Henry was a, li- a little bit of a philanderer. Well, that um, is common knowledge, isn't it? That is completely common knowledge that he was, you know, played the field and really enjoyed himself. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, no, that is not a spoiler. <laughs> so it's your, you know, you're. If we're looking at today's modern context, you're basically her bestie, yeah. and you're hearing that her man's running around in these streets, and you're doing your very best <laughs> to protect her feelings because at the end of the day, she's a leader of a country, okay. um, and it's your job to keep her grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, are, is this is this also a piece of you in real life? Are you like the truth teller among your friends? And <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's funny to me because one of my good friends watched it. And she's just like Steph, like Lena is you, and I was like, oh yes, she is. She really is. You know, I'm a Sagittarius. We are known to be mm. tellers, and so you know. I think Lena this season, this time around, though, she does find it very difficult to to tell the truth. And, you know, when she does, she's kind of, it's kind of thrown back in her face, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, they're, they're, you know, the, the truth hurts. And I guess with Catherine, she, she asks for the truth. Mm-hmm. Lena gives her the truth. But in reality, she doesn't want to hear the truth, really, does she? Um, and I think Lena struggles with, okay, you're asking me for the truth. I'm giving you the truth. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but obviously, the, you did not want to hear that truth. But uh, yeah. yeah, Lena is definitely the, the truth. And that is definitely part of me. I think uh, it, the truth isn't always always easy. But I appreciate honesty as a person. I appreciate people just being clear and being like, okay, well, this is the situation. And I may not like it, but at least I know where I stand. And I think Lena is very much the same. You know, she 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 tries to to walk with integrity and she tries to be she tries to be the glue for everyone. But in this in this time around, in part two, it's not always as easy to be the glue for people. Sometimes she has to be the glue for herself, you know? Mm, absolutely. And, you know, as, as Catherine marriage, 
<laughs> and falls apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lena and Oviedo's, and oh, we're going to get to Oviedo. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Lena and Oviedo. <laughs> Their marriage blossoms. Yeah. And and I, I always like to go back to the beginning of the series. Lena was so shady to poor Oviedo. She was like, leave me alone. I want no parts of you. You know, <laughs> you're just a soldier. You're not the one. And then look at them now. I know. They, they are such like a happy family. And they're both like pillars within that that household. Like not just their own, but they are advisors and looked up to by Catherine and Henry alike. So tell me about cultivating um, your your on-screen marriage. I, I think, you know, our, my friendship with Aaron, um, it translates really beautifully on, on screen because I think the foundation of every friendship and a marriage, I'm assuming I'm not married, but mm-hmm. a relationship in general is a true understanding you know, listening and really hearing each other. And the great thing about us offset is that we would practice our scenes together and see and talk about, okay, so what is Lena feeling in this situation? What is Oviedo feeling in this situation? And I think, you know, in a relationship, the healthiest ones is when there is an open communication. And we've seen that with we see that with Lena and Oviedo. A lot in part two, they they sit down, they talk about things, they try to have an understanding of each other, they joke with each other, you know, they talk about the difficult things, they they share the, the laughter, and that really translate, translates onto screen. And the one thing I absolutely love about this is that it contrasts what a toxic relationship mm. is like and what a truly loving, healthy relationship. And a healthy relationship doesn't necessarily mean it's sunshine and roses all the time. Mm-hmm. Lena and Oviedo go through their fair share of, you know, tri- trials and tribulations, especially in part one. Yeah. Their, their fair share of things. But the fact of the matter is they both want to fight and work for their relationship. They want to, their their main goal is peace. They just want to to, to do what brings them peace. And I think that's why their relationship in in many ways actually kind of is kind of reminiscent of what I'd imagine a, a you know a, a modern day relationship is. They've got quite a modern relationship mm-hmm. within this Tudor period. So um mm-hmm. it's lovely to be able to play um a a person who is in a love, loving functioning healthy relationship on screen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, Black Love. And um, what is uh, your been your reaction to the fan base and you know like Lena and Oviedo our relationship goals and there's like <laughs> lots of fan pages. <laughs> I love it. I think it's beautiful. Like I said, I think I think um, portrayals of healthy Black love is is needed. You know, sometimes when you watch things, it's just like, why can these people just not be happy? And mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about Matthew and Emma is that they've written, they've written, obviously it's taken a long time for them to get to this place, but now that they're here, they've gone through the trials and tribulations. They just want to be happy with each other. And I think that's, I think it's almost in a way kind of fairy tale-ish, but you know, mm-hmm. I think it is very grounded in its approach. And I think that's why people love it. And don't we all want an Oviedo in some way, shape or form? You know, We do. We do, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> I really want one, please. <laughs> so... Send it to me, Lord. Send him. Um... <laughs> waiting, you know. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, even like, um, I did a live tweet of the, the, the season premiere of, of part two. And I think a lot of the reactions were, you know, when Lena and Oviedo were writing those letters to each other, yeah. like people are just like, Oh, <laughs> I want a letter. <laughs> yeah. Written to me in Spanish. Um, speaking of, uh, did you originally speak Spanish when you signed up for the series or something you learned? Cause it's quite good. It's um, so I lived in Spain. <laughs> Life is mad. I lived in Spain when I was uh, 21. So that's 10, about 10 years ago now. Um, yeah. And yeah, when I went to Spain originally, I mean, I'd never learned it in school. I didn't really have that many Spanish friends or anything, but I ended up moving. I'm, I'm quite an impulsive person. I, I kind of <laughs> calmed down a little bit now, but when okay. you're 21 and you're like, I'm going to move to Spain. That's <laughs> what happened. So, <laughs> so um, I went there not speaking any Spanish, but you know, when you look back in hindsight, I realized that, you know, that, that journey and my experience living in Spain, I was there for nine months. I was originally supposed to be there for about a year, but I had to come back for, um, for family, mm. family issues. And uh, yeah, I, it, it, when I look back in hindsight, it's like, wow, that was the preparation for this. Yeah. Did I know eight, ten years later that I'd be using the the language and the culture and everything that I learn and immersed myself in? Little did I know that this this is what it was all kind of leading to. So yeah, to answer your question, yes, I speak Spanish. <laughs> um, Long winded answer there. Sorry, I'm I'm great. No. <laughs> Um, I love all that behind the scenes or that that that, that background. No, that's awesome. Yeah, we've got to set the scene. We've got to set the scene. <laughs> but um, yeah, I lived I lived in Spain for a bit. I speak I speak Spanish, and my main goal is I'm almost fluent, but I'm trying to push the fluency even more. So now being in quarantine and stuff, mm-hmm. that is one thing I can control in this time. So I'm my whole life is Spanish at the moment. So. Yes, I speak Spanish and I spoke okay. Spanish. Yeah. Muy bueno. My mom is Puerto Rican, so I also <laughs> I speak Spanish too. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah. Oh, there it and it comes in handy oftentimes. <laughs> you know, being bilingual is, is not a bad thing. So that I think it's brilliant. Honestly, being bilingual is the best thing ever. And Absolutely. I think we should do it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, learn Spanish. No Spanish. Uh, <laughs> so uh this series, uh, especially, I feel like season one was kind of like the building up of of Catherine's marriage to Henry. You know, Lena's there to hold her down. Yeah. And then season two, like the stakes are so much higher. Like the mm-hmm. scale of the season was like huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the time jumps and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a family, which kind of parallels uh, Catherine's struggle to have a family. You know, she only is able to produce Mary. Whereas you, you had twins, mm-hmm. uh, you had another baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like you just a couple things there. So you're you're fruitful. Whereas you know your friend is struggling um, with childhood, with childbirth, and and losing children, which is kind of hard. You, you lost a child, and then your best friend walks in with a big old belly. Oh, so you know, I know. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. So so talk about that kind of that fine line between being supportive but also not being the representation of someone's pain Uh, yeah that was that was difficult that's one of the things I kind of had to leave on set because I consider myself an empath 
and so I feel everything and so mm. playing playing Lena at that time where you know someone really important to her has lost the one thing that she really 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 wants you know because we started in episode one it's everything's great she's got her mm. son things in their relationship is great um and things with Lena are, are great as well and I think when she does lose um the first Hen- Henry um there was just a lot of guilt it, even playing Lena it felt like I I, I felt really guilty for mm. for Catherine's pain in that in that instance and you know I think there's a scene where where Catherine's just like oh I think she, I think this is you're having a girl like I, I can just feel it and I think Lena wouldn't wouldn't have minded whether she had a girl or a boy really mm-hmm. to be honest and I think her having two boys is almost like rubbing salt in the in the wound and mm-hmm. it, it, it was a painful thing to play because you know when you're thinking about the premise of the characters the one thing that Catherine wants is a boy and Lena has two of them so how do you navigate yourself around that you've just got to, I think Lena tries to amp up the the support and the protection and all that kind of stuff in regards to Catherine but then there's a turning point because Lena has other priorities now yeah she has a family um she has to think about her children um so it's a constant sort of push and pull of wanting to do the right thing but never really never really knowing which direction to go in until she makes that clear decision that no, her family comes first. And so it's quite a painful thing to play because at the end of the day, she just wants, she wants everyone to be happy. She wants Catherine mm-hmm. to be happy. That's the main thing. But yeah, it's, it was a very difficult thing to play. It's one of those things that I kind of had to leave on set <laughs> because if I yeah. thought about it as, you know, I have friends who who themselves have gone through miscarriages, and then another friend has a healthy baby. Like it's it's very, very real, real things that were topics that we're talking about, real emotions. And yeah, it was one of those things I definitely had to leave behind at work because otherwise, it just yeah it makes your brain go a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I cried enough watching it, so I can <laughs> imagine being on set, you know, doing it for hours at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. You really have to like learn how to disconnect yourself from what happens at work because it is, you know, it's it's people go through this every single day, and it's just, I I commend people who are on both sides on on the side of you know trying to support and be there for for the person that you love but also the person who's physically gone through that and the emotional struggle and the 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 physical struggle and everything that they have to go through it's 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 very real it's it's very real yeah and I'm grateful to the series for bringing that to the forefront yeah um because it's something many women and, and men you know because they're part of it as well mm. having to see that on screen and almost cathartic in many ways yeah. um and it acknowledges like the pain and what a woman really goes through mm. you know losing a child mm-hmm. um and then there's I mean there's a lot of real life parallels with the show um we experienced the plague um <laughs> if that don't hit home I don't know what does um <laughs> who knew knew? it's a perfect year for it to come out you know (laughs) Uh, so yeah I mean they they locked I mean it's it's weird now because I watch tv and I watch shows and I see people like in crowds or out and about and I'm like oh remember the time Um, time. 
all the time. I'm like, oh, the good old days in 2019, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where you could be around 10 or more people. Um, <laughs> you see it on the show, you know, they, they had, there was a plague. I mean, part one, there was the sweating sickness, right? Yeah. And then uh, part two was the plague and, you know, they have to quarantine, they have to go away, they're, they're, they're burning their clothes. And it just felt very close to home. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so crazy. When we were filming it, we were just like, oh God, can you imagine? And then now it's come out and we're like, yeah, okay, this is life now. Yeah, this is, this is definitely imitating real life right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and I, I i heard you guys rap like just as like the first lockdown happened yeah we rapped um i think over here we went into lockdown i feel like it was i think we kept uh we finished about five days before we went into lockdown the whole country and i think we finished on the day that um the industry said okay no we're not going to film anything else so we managed to literally just slide right through to the very end um to finish the show so we're very very lucky we managed to finish everything in time yeah absolutely that <laughs> i'm glad it's it, it was finished now i can watch it yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too all right and so um Let's talk about costumes because a big part of period pieces are the costumes, the mm-hmm. the gowns, the hair. Yeah. What what was it like for you in full Lena garb? Like when you first put it on, mm-hmm. the corset and everything. I mean, the corset gets you, you know, it takes a little bit of getting used to, not to lie to you. Um, <laughs> but um there's something really wonderful about when I put a corset on, it's like I almost, it's like I transform into Lena, the way that she stands, the way she holds herself, the way she speaks, everything. It changes the way you do everything. Um, so it, it, it was, it was great to put that on and it really, they really complement the dresses as well. I cannot imagine wearing these beautiful dresses without wearing a corset on and um, without having a corset on. Because it really, the shapes and the silhouettes mm. and everything, it just complements it so much. And yeah, like, you know, eating lunch and having breakfast in a corset is not fun. <laughs> you know, sitting down, you can't slouch. Um, even bending down, you can, everything's just like really straight as you're trying to bend down and pe- pick something up. Um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I think wearing, wearing corsets and wearing the dresses, uh, it's, it's an honour really. I, I, yeah. And I kind of wish I, I kind of wish I had some of them just sitting around so I could just <laughs> on and just remember being leaner again, you know, the good days. <laughs> right, having a bad day. Let me put on my corset. Let me just walk around and find me. Walk around the house, just leisurely with my corset and my dress, you know. <laughs> I like that's a good. I mean, it makes sense. I'm, um, I have a seven-year-old, and she, when she wants to feel a way, she just puts on a costume and, and walks around the house. So there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> We learn a lot from from young ones. I'm telling you, it's something that we need to adopt into our lives again because it does something for the for the soul. Just putting on a you know a princess dress. Why not? <laughs> yeah, we're all princesses, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> um. So now that we are wrapping the series, it's done. Part two oh, is yeah. over. I know. I'm so sad. <laughs> 
Um, what what memory are you going to take with you from the series, or what? I mean, I know you said you're very much like Lena, but what part of Lena are you going to take with you, or what have you learned from this experience that you'll carry on throughout life? Um, I think just just the impact that I think Lena made on the show. Um, I mean, I get people messaging me all the time, and it, it's so beautiful when people are like I just did not see myself in period dramas. I think that's just one thing that. I will really take away from this the fact that we finally feel seen, you know, mm-hmm. and that our place within history has always been there. And I think, you know, I think Lena's integrity and her her groundedness and her want to be the rock for people is something that I think we all should adopt in our lives. Mm-hmm. I can't always be the rock to everybody, but there is something really special about that person who's just like, Do you know what? I'm here. And um, I think that, you know, because we're going through really crazy times at the moment, I'd like to think that I'm adopting that mentality and that attitude from Lena um, and using it in my everyday life because, you know, we all we all want that person just to, that we can mm-hmm. talk to. So, yeah, just her presence and and her integrity. That's that's what I'm gonna. Oh, I feel sad. I don't want this. To I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, and just I I say it all the time. Just being able to play such an incredible character, a incredible woman, and giving you know giving her name justice is such an honor. And um, I hope that people watch the show in in years to come and your daughter watches the show in years to Mm -hmm. come and you know sees herself within history and that for me is is the most incredible thing so yeah that's what absolutely well I she can't watch the show just yet but she's seen stills and I'll be like look look at the pretty lady you know so she's seen Lena she's like oh she's so pretty I want her dress so <laughs> yeah, when she's like 18, she can watch the show. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna hold off on the series for now. But <laughs> maybe in about 10 years' time, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But I can still teach her about the Lena de Cardona's. I can still teach her about the history. Yeah. Um so that's always gonna be something. And then when, when she's of age, she can dive into the series. Um <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah but the the rest of us adults enjoy it um and just great do it I'd love (laughs) well I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today Mm -hmm. uh do we have anything to look forward to from from Miss Stephanie um in the future let's just play it by ear the industry right right now is kind of a bit Mm topsy-turvy but I'm remaining hopeful you know, I I trust I trust the process, I trust the journey, and I'm a great believer in whatever is meant to be for me will be for me. So I hope that we have more conversations together about, you know, future projects. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll watch this space. All right. I mean, you we will always have Lena and that in itself it's amazing. is a gift. <laughs> right, it's a gift. <laughs> so you you put your mark on history just on that alone. Oh. Um do you want to share your social media so we can follow you, see what you're up to? Well, you know, I've only got Instagram because I'm okay. much of a massive social media person. But, <laughs> but um, Instagram is, is my place. So if All right. you can find me, I'm at Steph Levi John. Um, yeah, on Instagram. So hopefully. Okay. 
will make you smile. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love your interaction. Like I follow you on that page and you're just so you're sweet to everybody. I've been oh, saying babe you. now because of you. Uh, yes, babes. <laughs> but as, you know, it's not an American thing, but I'm using it now. So. It's really, it's great. You know, I use it all the time. But yeah, I try to interact with everyone just because, you know, it takes, a, it, I really appreciate the, the support that I'm getting. So the least I can do is, you know, just say, oh, thank you and be like, thanks, babes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love it. And we can't wait to see the rest of this season. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, if you want to talk about the Spanish princess, you can find us on Twitter at Black Girl Nerds. We're also at Black Girl Nerds on Instagram. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And I hope you have a great day. More love for you. I, I can't wait to see more from you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. The Hyundai Elantra is a tech-savvy, smooth operator designed just for you. The Hyundai Elantra is a compact sedan with available class exclusive features like a digital key that unlocks your car with your phone and a 10.25 inch infotainment touchscreen along with dynamic voice recognition that will let you control the radio and adjust the temperature with your voice. For the young at heart who like to drive smart, Introducing the Elantra with the most flavor yet. Seamless tech experience that puts your phone at the center of everything you do. Locking, unlocking, and starting your car. Designed for better living without breaking the bank. Learn more at Hyundai.com. Um, all right, so I got I to gotta get these intro stories here about how you guys got started. Karen, I'm going to start with you. How do we go from Matilda to this outlaw that we got here? <laughs> like she, she's pretty gangster. Like, she got the lean and everything happening. How did that How did that come oh, about? I'm so grateful you see the lean. Yeah, oh. she got that swag. I don't know what I'm trying to do, but but you, but she pulls it off. She pulls it off. That was, that was sweet. That was nice. I like that. That was cool. That was cool. <laughs> if you have the mother, there's actually no difference. Be honest with you, there is no oh, leap. If you ask okay. my mother, it's kind of similar. She's like, "Well," and parents know how to just um, keep yeah, you grounded. Yeah, you know. Mm. Um, honestly, there aren't because if you if those two characters are pretty much free spirit, mm -hmm. uh, they're kind of free. So there isn't yeah. there isn't that much of a leap. Um, and you just give one a gun and and kind yeah. of yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it that way. It's not really good as an artist. You wanna you wanna think there's a stretch, but uh, I think mm -hmm. they're both free spirits. Um, and, and they, they both, both it keeps you on the edge of your seat too. Yeah, and they're both sort of high on life. They love to mm -hmm. live life to the fullest. Both Mrs. Phelps and uh, Zelmer are are both like living life to the fullest extreme in in in, in both of their worlds. So. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think there's a difference. I guess my mom is kind of right. Oh yeah, moms, they get us. They always right. They get us at one point or another. <laughs> uh, Jay Nicole, I want to go to you next. 
Tell me how you prepared to even begin to be the wife of a gangster or the head of a crime syndicate. How do you, like, what training, what classes did you take? <laughs> First of all, I, I just have to say, I am so glad to be here. I just have to, you know, give that little, like. Yeah, the Fargo ladies in the building. <laughs> I'm, I'm here with two of my favorite humans in the Brady Bunch box. And it's just like, ah, but how did I prepare? Yeah. Uh, First, I want to say that um, I am from Chicago, and uh, so with that, you grow up watching a few gangsters here and there. <laughs> okay, okay. And so, but to be quite honest with you, uh, much like Karen, I think it was in my, um, it's in my DNA. Uh, my mother uh, is a very sweet lady, but mm -hmm. she was not the one to run up on. You know, she was the mm -hmm. one that would burn the incense. But mm -hmm. she had that, you know, she had that thing waiting on you. And so I think I just sort of, um, I think I just sort of looked around my community and said, mm -hmm. well, I don't have to search. So right. It was a lot of fun doing that. And what, what about Chris Rock in this, playing Lloyd Cannon? Like, he's so serious. I'm so, I was like waiting for a laugh at any moment, but he is so like witty. He's serious. He's like taking people out with belts at one point. I was like, whoo, it's no laughing in here. Like, it's all, it's all game time. I have to say, Chris Rock is one of the funniest humans that you will ever meet. Like, for real, legit, just like funny. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to disassociate, like, you know, Chris Rock, the legendary comedian. But I just had to take this person at value for where I was meeting them. And he mm -hmm. was so dedicated to this role. Like, when he would actually crack a joke in between takes, I'm like, oh my God, that's right, you're so funny. <laughs> Oh, you know, my God, he yeah. Was so he was so dedicated, and 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 so he was just so dedicated as Lloyd. So it was mm -hmm. a lot of fun watching both sides of his like tremendous talent for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Angie, am I pronouncing it right? I was gonna say Miss White, but I didn't want you to think I was gonna. I was trying to make you age a little bit there. <laughs> no, Angie. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So, Angie, you gotta tell me here. All right. So I got a I got a chance to talk to um Amari Crutchfield. So sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about how Etherita is always getting into something. Cause I know like my mama would say, you need to sit down and be quiet, but I'm just kind of wondering, you know, like, is she getting it a little bit from my mama? Is it like oh. a little bit? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's scary. It's like, I'm looking into the mirror, right? I, you know, <laughs> a lot of what she is comes from me. Um, she mm -hmm. is a backbone independent and I've raised her that way, you know, mm -hmm. um, define any labels that the world is placing on her because I know, you know, the road ahead is hard and I'm trying to, mm -hmm. you know, mitigate as much as I can, which is why I'm making the sacrifices in my present for her, her future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she gets, she gets a lot of that from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's not where I do have to like, Hey, stay in your place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, does she know? I'm always thinking like in the back of my head, I'm like, does she know about her daughter? Does she know she's doing this and she's out here like you like she's this close to danger like, it's like all the time and I'm like the mom she has to know that's a little bit of she has to know something's going on you and you know what the way the girl is you know she's good at math you know she calls right it. She calls the BS mm -hmm. right, right then right then and there but yeah uh, because Etherita is also clever as well and sneaky mm -hmm. I think she knows that she's out there you know yeah going places especially going to the hotel you know she has this also this thing with her father where you know he's a mm -hmm. good for her he'll do anything <laughs> yeah. he tries to put his foot down he's like okay 
And so, you know, she does get away with some things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I'm not mad at her. She be, she be sneaking a hive. And I'm like, how is she doing this? How's it going on? But you know, she got an aunt and a mama that know how to work the game. So y'all gave her like a little bit of tips and stuff in there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, I want to ask you too, speaking of the world we're in, you get to play this and you're in this biracial um, couple in the um, in the 50s, in the 1950s. What was it like stepping in that time capsule? I can't even imagine that. And you guys had like a funeral home and everything. Yes. Um, you know what? Hats off to Noah Hawley, the creator and the writing team. Mm-hmm. You know, they pulled out all the tricks, you know, gave us so many layers. When I met DeBrell, and, you know, the first audition, I fell in love with her. I mm-hmm. was able to capture her voice right then and there. And, you know, when I got hired on, those were my questions. Like, man, how did she meet Thurman? You know, what is their love right. story? And mm-hmm. I did my research, you know, trying to find interracial couples um, that fell in love. And against mm-hmm. the odds, they decided, you know, we love each other. That's important. And that's the thing that's going to um, keep us together. But how do we, you know, maintain that? And it's like, right. they have to do it in secret. You know, they can't be exposed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing about DeBrell. She is revolutionary and yeah. she is a leader. And she is a woman of vision, a woman of faith, a woman of action. And there's a quote that uh, Douglas, uh, Frederick Douglass's second wife, Helen, who was a white woman, she said, mm-hmm. Love came to me and I was unafraid to marry the man I love because of his race. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's a powerful mm-hmm. statement. And I think that's where DeBrell and Thurman's love story begins is that with all the fear and doubts that we have, we love each other and that's what matters. And it's just mm-hmm. their household is progressive in that sense. You know, there are equals in each other's right. eyes and they have something within each other that the other person wants. And it's a nice balance. Mm-hmm. So. And speaking of equal, like each of you ladies, um, I love for the women of color, for the black women, you guys are standing on equal footing with these men and you have so many different uh, facets to your personality. Are you, have you guys gotten any feedback from like different characters being able to see you guys, like no matter what, just keep going. Cause you guys are seen with some impossible things. Like you may owe money. You trying to rob this place. You trying to keep the family from going to war. Like, are you guys getting the feedback? Um, you know, I seeing black women play these roles. I have to say, uh, it's <laughs> there's a point at which uh, my character Buell has a, a confrontation with a member of the other syndicate, and boy, have I gotten a lot of response! From I bet you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's been uh, really quite uh, hilarious and exciting because. It just lets me know that people are really invested and mm-hmm. people really uh, week to week watch and join. These are three very different women. They are constructed mm-hmm. and and they don't fit that mold. You know how you always have your little archetypes and the many yum 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 yum. Yep. These yep. are three entities that you just you can't stick in anywhere. And so for me that's been fun uh, getting feedback in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. What about you, Karen? Have you gotten anything from doing that? Or who or whoever's gonna jump in, Angie? Yep, Karen can go. She can go. <laughs> I, I I really wanted to just add I'm I get emotional because I love these women. These two in particular. Can I just say? Um, and that is one thing that is I think it's particular to 
we go way back, I will just say that, and I don't know if it's unique. I will say that I think it's unique to this uh, particular season of television because there are mm-hmm. Chicago theater. We go, we are in deep with that. There is something mm-hmm. special about that. I want, I want to note that in particular. And we, all three of us are, are go deep in there. Uh, and they pulled us out of that mix and, and, then, and then into this television world. But we started out in that in, t- in the theater world and, and we are a family. So the three of us are truly sisters in, in the truest- You can tell that on camera. Yeah, and so it's, I mean, I won't take from the, we're talented, but we love each other so well, much. Well, here, I'll say it. You guys are talented and that's why I'm a fan. Yeah, but we but we brought that love and we love each other and so that yeah. but but and so that scene where she does um, she does um, and confront the the, the 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 one of the gangsters from the other syndicate mm-hmm. powerful but then yeah. also my sister and when Angie just just in no words at all you know exactly what she's saying. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. even harder to deliver as, a, as mm-hmm. a performer when you have zero dialogue too, just in, in, yeah. in silence, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, geez, Leonardo DiCaprio got a whole Oscar off of this. <laughs> it's true, yeah. And deservedly, I'm not saying, I'm not taking away. I'm just saying, it's just not. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just saying this whole thing and with the election and, and how much black women basically save the United States from putting their fingers in light socket, basically. That's how I there feel. There you go. We Repeat that. Put that, on, put that on loop right there. That's how I feel. And that is <laughs> this season. I, basically, that's what Buell and Debrell have are basically doing in this Fargo mm-hmm. season, is mm-hmm. telling these children, get away from that light socket. Um, yeah. How to end it? I always come. I always come with these things and feelings, but that's basically what they're doing here. These yeah. black women, in not so many words, and 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 it's so powerful and so beautiful, and they deliver it, and and it mm-hmm. and it and it's different. It's not in that way of like girl, boo boo do boo It's not that. <laughs> right. It's exactly. So, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's mm-hmm. so unique and different, and and Fargo, and and thank you Noah, but but. But thank you, Jane Nicole Brooks, and thank you, Angie White, and that's that's what I'm. Yeah, that I just want to end it right there. I'm done talking, but I want to add. That's my two cents. I like that. I'm here for that two cents. What you got, Angie? Um, you know what? I I think that. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, what you just said, it just filled my heart because um, I look up to Karen and like she says, we are all sisters and we're all in this together. And uh, I think one of the very first shows I saw was at the Goodman and Karen was leading that show. And I, we never got a chance to share the stage together, believe it or not. And I was just so grateful that we got a chance to share the screen together as sisters as some badass sisters who, you know, let's see the road of freedom, have different ways of getting it, but and have a deep love and connection for each other. Um, and then, you know, I, I knew of Jay Nicole prior to, uh, prior to her work, but we never met. Um, we met at the uh, Jeffs and that was right when we started filming. So it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. 
how, you know, God just allowed <laughs> everything in the universe for us to come together, mm-hmm. you know, Chicagoans, Chicago natives, with black women leading, mm-hmm. being a heroine and masters of their stories, of their faith. Um, it's a very powerful image. It's a, uh, a, a very hopeful situation, especially in time now. You know, we have now a woman of color holding one of the highest positions in this country. And it's just yep. like, mm-hmm. we, you know, we can't stop here just because we placed our vote. Our voice still matters and we need to continue exactly. to yep. support that woman and support mm-hmm. Biden in the next four years. And, you know, get ready for the pushback and the opposition that's coming. And I don't know what mm-hmm. that has to do with the question because I didn't forgot, but I just can't just- Hey, see. I'm just letting y'all, I'm just so excited to hear y'all talk and I'm having fun. So y'all just keep it going. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cut you off. You know, if you want to give it. <laughs> may, may I just, uh, Angie, I have two stories that will embarrass both Angie <laughs> and uh, Karen. So just remember that you can text me later but that we love each other in this moment. But I just have like, fan mail to deliver right in this moment. So these are two, this is true, these are two of my favorite humans. And the fact that we are in one of the darkest times to have this to look forward to Mm -hmm. on a basis like, honey, I am not gonna shut up about this, but let me roll back the clock. Years and years ago in Chicago theater, you know, for the most part, it really is a beautiful supportive theater and like a theater collective and, and, and city. And we don't always get to know each other. So I remember I knew of Karen Aldridge's work and like, I always heard she was cool. And like, I would just have these like camp fantasies. Like I'm gonna go to camp and she's gonna be my friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like one time I was doing a photo shoot for uh, a theater project and mm-hmm. there was just wardrobe from all over. And we had some wardrobe from uh, a theater company in which in Chicago shape, Karen had done a production there. Uh, Blase Skippy Woo, one of the dresses they presented, they were like, well, we think this might fit you. And when I grabbed the label, it said Karen Aldrich, and it was her character's name. Now y'all, <laughs> this dress was a good two and a half sizes, too small for me, baby, don't you know? I got into that dress. <laughs> zip myself up and smile my way through those photos because I said this gets me one step closer. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> yeah, that is real. Yep. <laughs> I just want to let y'all know from whence I came. Okay, second em- uh, uh, embarrassment story number two. We had the Jets and I knew of Angie White and I had been just following Angie White and just, I remember the deadline article dropped and I was like, Lord, Angie White, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we get to the Jeff Awards and I walk in and when I turn the corner, just like a movie star, who comes gliding down the hallway with her beautiful queen of a mother, except Angie White. And if you've <laughs> ever been to the Drury Lane in Oak Brook, it's already like, like you know it's dripping in like chandeliers and dramatic oh, light wow angie came around that corner and i said lord jesus there she is a real movie star and we had this genuine moment in the hallway and i just want to say i love you so much for that and i love y'all and i'm so proud of you 
and here we are. We are on the weirdest show on network television, honey, being the weird one. Hey, look at us crying. Won't he do it? <laughs> Won't he do it, though? <laughs> yeah, he, yep, yep, there you go. There you go. Yep. Well, she told the story. She told the jump story. And I think I was coming out the bathroom of all things. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful hallway to the uh, bathroom, y'all. It's very good. Yeah, this sounds like a nice entrance to a bathroom right here. Yeah. <laughs> I love you too, ladies. <laughs> that is the best. So you guys can see, I, I was waiting for this love because you could feel this so much with these characters. Like y'all, y'all get into the same room. Like there was a um, there was a Jay Nicole, and you guys had a real deep scene within the funeral home talking about your kids and um. And by the way, um, what Karen kind of touched on a little bit too about you guys, the mama bears in this, like the moms seeing, get to see these, um, these strong black women, these moms here, you guys did not play. What was that like playing, you know, coming into the, to that mom role and what did you guys kind of draw off of? And, you know, it was amazing to see that. Did, did you want to go or? Yeah, who wants to go? Who wants to go? I'm going to embarrass it quickly for Angie and then Angie can do part two. Oh. Here we go. The day, the day that Angie and I shot uh, the scene with Jules and uh, the brawl at the table, I don't want to give, you know, I, I want people to go back and look at this scene, okay? So oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yep. Coming together, because you need to look at it a lot, because when you see what Angie White is doing, the day we shot this mm -hmm. scene, we got to the trailer, and somehow the, we were first up, okay? And somehow there was like no one else was in the trailer. So it was just like me and Angie and our makeup artist. And so Angie just said, you want to run lines on that? Sure. And we just ran these lines, didn't do no acting. We just said the words to each other. We mm -hmm. get dressed, costume, we go over to the set. And just as we were about to walk into the studio, Angie White turns her, she turns her body to me and she extends her arm and reaches her hand and we held hands and we walked to the sound stage in which we were filming this scene. Oh, wow. One of the most selfless and mm -hmm. like God just came and was like, come on, baby. Yeah. And mm -hmm. walked to the set holding hands. And I knew, like I knew that that, that doesn't always happen. It's work, it's, 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 it's a job. Mm -hmm. You don't always hold hands with you. So I just want to say that watching Angie this season, and particularly in this one scene between Buell and Bro, it, it just takes me back to that day, Angie. And I just want to say I love you for being so selfish and thank you. Don't make me cry. Girl, baby, you were blacked <laughs> in that scene, honey. Blacked in. I've watched it 74 times. <laughs> <laughs> I, only, I only watched it 69. Really watch oh, um, thank you so much. Uh, it's like I really, oh man, oh man. I, again, this this show is just so special. It's, mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's highlighting. It's highlighting a lot of. It's highlighting yeah. in a positive way, not just the city, but you know mm -hmm. our community of talent you know, hair, makeup, costumes, and even our musicians. And, you know, it's, it's putting Chicago on the map and mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's that representation. It's, you know, not dropping the ball. You have to rise to the occasion. And it ain't just me. I can't think about myself. 
It's not about me. My story is a fraction to the big picture here. So that's, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's Angie and Slick forming an alliance in sisterhood. And I think that's what's manifested in the scene. DeBrell mm -hmm. trying to form that alliance with Buell in that scene, you know, mother to mother, you know? And um, it was so funny because when I was on set, you know, one of the crew members was like, are you, do you have any kids? I was like, no. <laughs> And he was like, oh my God, you're so good as the mother. And yeah, I thought you were a mother. Yeah, I thought you were a mom too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no kids. You know, I when I got this, when I got the um size for the audition, I immediately, my mother came to my mind. Her voice mm -hmm. popped in my head. Mm -hmm. And as I when I got hired on and I, you know, got familiar with Debrell's journey you know, my grandmother popped into my head. And so I was recalling these conversations and the stories that they shared with me about how it was growing up and in household. And my grandmother, 92, is still a woman of pride, a, still a woman of independence. And it was just yeah. like, I'm doing this in honor of you and, and all the mothers that I know and the mothers out here who are struggling, who are who are leading the life and, and making tough decisions and precarious times mm -hmm. in the unknown and putting their faith and hope in their children because this is what we're doing it for. Every yeah. move that Gabrielle is making, she's doing it for Etherita. She's setting up that seat. Mm -hmm. So all she got to do is sit in it. Yep. All you got to do is yeah. just sit in the seat. And, that, you know, that was <laughs> just a little bit of... <laughs> <laughs> my journey with Debrell as you know mama bear uh -huh. and the scene with Buell you know for that episode I love how all those actors those babies we have the best all the kids you see on the show oh my god they are just so genius I just have to shout those babies out like <laughs> all of those babies <laughs> Robbie and Jameson and oh Hannah and uh, oh my god they, they're just and they grew up so fast. They grew up so fast while we were filming. Rocky just like shot up. <laughs> his birthday is this Sunday. <laughs> I think he's gonna be oh man! And his happy show. early birthday. Yes. <laughs> I love them so hard. Yeah, they look. They're so smart. I'm like the parents got to be putting something in the water or something because these kids are like they got this whole town figured out. <laughs> Um, Karen, speaking of sitting, I'm gonna I'm rotate this a little bit. This scene, okay, I'm side I'm side eyeing every gangster outlaw that tries to escape after this scene because they're not doing it right. It's not real. You were in a coffin going out trying to get smoke getting out, but you're in there now when somebody has stomach issues. So I want to know <laughs> how this scene was shot. How long this like I'm side eyeing everybody. Like if you're trying to escape, you're not doing it. You're not about that life. You're not hardcore anymore to me after seeing this scene like I, I gotta know about this scene you mean the cop we were, we were in the when Thurman puts us in the coffee yeah 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 and you're going like driving through with the herds trying to get out yeah no that's love now see those that's introduced Kelsey Asbel who's just the sweetest oh my goodness um but that's love we were in a coffin we did shoot that in a coffin oh man bing so Another another thing where I didn't really have to cheat to be disturbed. I don't like closed spaces. Although I did encourage her to do so. I do like to be like, I like to keep it as real as possible. Go ahead yeah. and fart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, um, 
this, the, they were kind and it didn't take that long, but it mm -hmm. was a long shoot. It was, and they, um, I mean, I don't know how much um, movie magic you want to know. I don't think I'm going to share the movie magic, right? <laughs> hey, I, I mean, I need people to check out this scene. This thing, this thing was gangster. I was like, if you're going to escape, you better do a hardcore like this. Like you better go all in. You better not, you know, most time people just trying to hide behind a building, you know, maybe slip out in the car a little bit. This was, this was hardcore. No, you know what? Okay, so like it doesn't even start with the let me just be real. It doesn't even start with the Kaufman. It was like we were in my sister's yes, basement yes. downstairs and mm -hmm. that 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 uh the the bloated water water mm -hmm. man was on yes. top of us. And yes. that, and Kelsey and Ooh. I were like, um, I don't know about like getting underneath all that, but we yeah. did. You know, Ooh. you just gotta do what you gotta do. That's commitment. Y'all, y'all killed that scene. That was we commitment. Because I was like, man, that is trying to get your freedom right there. Like people ain't ready. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. That's so great. Yes, I'm glad That's... you appreciate it. But that was fun. It was fun. It was traumatizing, uh, but it was fun. <laughs> I bet. I shoot, I've been traumatized. I'm like, can we take like five, 10, 11, 12, something after this scene? Like, I was just, whoo, that's crazy. We did. We were like, okay, are we are we ready? Are we ready? Because we don't want to be like all up in it and then be like, yeah, okay, we're gonna yeah. call for something. We need to be ready. And, yeah. And then, and then do it. But yeah, it was, it was deep. Yeah, mm, we were yeah, definitely deep. Yeah, real love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Angie, I want to talk to you about um, what do you see kind of going in here with uh, uh oh. I don't know if Karen, Karen, can you see me? It's my, we'll it's my out of here. Okay, we'll edit it out of here. Okay, all right, just making sure you can see me. Okay, um, okay, cool. Uh, Angie, I was going to ask you about um, Etherita looked like she had a little, a little flirtation going on with the son here of Lloyd Cannon, but I did, I looked like you kind of put it in check, but I just wanted to see if the, if the mama bear was like, mm, okay, yeah, y'all going to stay downstairs? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you know yeah <laughs> yes red flag started going off when i saw the man in her room um and, uh -huh. and he is he's the son of yeah. a crime lord a yeah lord. um and i yes i just had to rein her back in like don't make you can't afford to make mistakes you you know mm -hmm. <laughs> do as i say and not as i do in a mm -hmm. sense and um i think I think of I think you know instead of Debrail coming at Etherita and like you know this tough this tough mm -hmm. approach I think she was you know this can be the last straw that can kind of break our bond because at this point in the story you know the family is starting to mm -hmm. integrate in a way like my yeah. marriage is like mm -hmm. on rocky grounds and my relationship with my daughter is pretty tense there's just a lot of friction in the air and we've we're pretty much losing everything and I'm feel like I think Debrail you know feel like she's failing and things mm -hmm. are out of reach so you know and how she assesses that situation that chemistry between Lemuel and Etherita you know she has to do it in a way that that's soft and you know like connecting with her and helping her to understand that there's a bigger plan for you mm -hmm. in mind and you can't yeah. just you know settle for you know anybody um, you have to keep focus. You know, I want you to not be stuck. I don't right. want you, you know, I need mm -hmm. you to leave this place and travel the world. You know, I have 
have big plans for you. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, support your dreams. Yeah, here. yeah. So mm-hmm. just you know, be sensible about this. Yeah. Um, I think that's the approach that Debrell, um, or perspective, that's where she was coming from when she called Lemuel. And, and yeah, her- and Debrell, she had them looks going too. She definitely had a mom look. She was like... I well, think not. I think you're gonna move over here. <laughs> you're getting a little too comfortable. Yeah, she's <laughs> so like, yeah, she rolled up in that room like, mm, not today. I know, but she hid that Frederick Douglass's wife's book though. The real <laughs> book didn't apply there. <laughs> I'm, just I'm sorry. That is hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was inappropriate. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I won't hold you got you ladies up too long, but Jane Nicole, I wanted to ask you before we before we uh, wrap things up here, you had a sit down where we have Lloyd Cannon, and I believe it because I'm forgetting the character, the character's name here, where it was like deep, like you were trying to get to, you were trying to help with this um, war that is eventually going to break out between these syndicates. How was that scene without giving like too much of what you had to say? Because I know that's like a, a pretty big moment. How was that like sitting down with these, um, you know, the two male actors with the scene represented for a woman to be able to take this position? Like, hey, listen, I need y'all to listen right now. I think that Buell just throughout the season, uh, I think she just shows her strength in being a lioness no matter where she is. She has to do that mm-hmm. with her children. And I don't know, I just, I, I love working with ensembles. And I think the impression yeah. that I have more over anything is just really watching everyone work. I'm a creep that way. I, I'm there with you, but I'm also like, how how do you do that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love right. watching people uh, work in such an international cast. It's also like a cast of people that I've done theater with, or just kind of so like for me, just watching everybody work has just been like, I don't know, it's just been so much fun. And so when when I'm in it, I just tend to, I just try to breathe and, and be in it and try not to think about it so much. But I have to say, even though Fargo is a show about a bunch of psychopaths willing to do anything for money, it is the yeah. most fun I have ever had on any set. I don't know how, it just is. Yeah, look, well, it actually looks fun. It's dangerous when you're looking at it as a viewer and you're like on the edge of your seat. But I'm thinking as an actress to be able to play these different, um, you know, pulling out shotguns and stuff like this stuff is all over the place. Like you guys are all over the place. So it looks like it's a lot of fun. <laughs> For sure. I, I was like, I came on to set and it was just a, an inviting atmosphere. You know, mm-hmm. we're about to go into some some dark situations, but everybody's yeah. so light and fun and you call cut and it's just like, okay, hey. <laughs> Um, but you know, and then be able to switch it back into like being disciplined and in the moment, yeah. it was just, I couldn't ask for a better experience, you know, mm-hmm. for this to be a huge show. Like I almost didn't, you know, audition. I almost didn't, I almost passed up on this audition. Uh, what? I was, I wasn't feeling good that day when I got, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I got the audition. And mm-hmm. when I did, I was, I was just so focused on resting and I was like, I'm not going to do this. And my mother was right there sitting next to me. She said, girl, you better go eat something and then come back to this email and look at that, them sides. And thank God for her. <laughs> what yeah, I yeah, yeah. Let me you go know, for it. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I mean, I always think it's because it's Fargo. You think long shot. And I'm sure if you're not feeling well, you're like, ah, what am I going to do? I know it sounds terrible to say that, but I, 
but if you're not feeling well and you're like, I gotta go do this. I'm not, I, I mean, that's, yeah. That, sometimes that does cross your mind. I'm not gonna be real. <laughs> yeah, weird. yeah. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna go do this. And then, and you know, sometimes things like that happen where you just you go eat something, you know, you <laughs> go listen to your mama. Yes. I almost uh I, I got my audition notice right when I landed in New York. I was going uh for a few days uh to rest and relax and you know be with my family and I got this audition notice and I remember I called my agent and I was like, Look, they don't really want to see me, so I'm not about to get back on the plane. I'm in New York and I'm here to be in New York. And my, I was like, see if they want to take, and I'll see what I can do because they don't, don't nobody want me. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm sad at the world. I hate everything. Nobody wants me. And so, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why. <laughs> if if we gonna, okay, I'm here to keep it real with you. And I, I read the sides, and I was like, wow, this is beautifully written. I'm like, but uh, they they need to take back quickly. I ain't even got the right hair with me. So you know what? I'ma just see what I can put together. <laughs> what? And, uh, and then, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking with you. I'm okay, joking with you. <laughs> and I had this cute little vest and I said, okay, she looked 1950s rich. And I pulled out some hair and made it nice and like, you know what I mean? I made it mm-hmm. less. It was, it was a little thoughtful when I arrived in New York, you know, thought, thought, thought. So I just had to like, you know, swoop it up and get some like, so I got it together and I had my partner. I was like, come on, let's get the, the iPhone going and <laughs> did the acting, sent it. And I just wanted to go to Coney Island. I was like, let's just do it. <laughs> if I start to think about it, I'm going to freak out. So let's yeah. do it. We're going to Coney Island. And then I got the part. Mm. But mm. I, 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 yeah. I almost. Missed it because I was like, they don't want me. They want someone else. And nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you just, <laughs> yeah. God was like, Sh- shut up. Yes. Ma'am. You can still go to Coney Island, shake out your little wig, and have fun. Relax. <laughs> That's that is amazing. That's a, well, I'm liking all these stories. I'm glad you guys took a chance because I mean, who knows? Fargo without these ladies, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought the first um, the first time audition and I was like, oh, I fell in love with the writing. And thank God it was only one scene so I can squeeze mm-hmm. that one scene. And right. I had, I felt confident about what I was doing. I went in, mm-hmm. I take, but I didn't think nothing of it because I was like, this is a huge show. They're going to go for a big name. So mm-hmm. <laughs> then I get the call a few weeks later. They want to fly you out to LA. I'm like, okay. And meanwhile, I'm, you know, I was uh, planning a vacation myself. And cause I, I, it was like a vacation I hadn't had in like three years. And I got nervous mm-hmm. about vacations, yeah. just in case an audition come up and lo and behold, the second audition was right around the time leading up to my vacation. But you know, mm-hmm. that wasn't a hard decision to make. I said, okay, God, there's, it's gotta be, you know, this is your plan. So I had finagled the, um, the schedule. They flew me mm-hmm. out, met Noah, read for him. And then I tried to uh, rest and relax and not think about it, but that's all I could think about while I'm in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then find out, well, uh, Monday, the audition was Wednesday and Monday I'm at the airport and I get the call saying they want you. And baby, I tried not to scream. I grabbed one of my, my best friend was with me and I grabbed her so tight. 
<laughs> and I started thanking God. <laughs> I said, won't he do it? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's cool. I mean, I'm loving all these all these intro stories y'all giving. Let me tell you something. If y'all went on this show, I'm done. Like these ladies need to be on Fargo right now. Let me tell you something. You guys were born for these parts. I have had so much fun watching it. Um, let me make sure that you guys know it's on FX right now. Check it out. Um, so yeah, we try to give you like a little as little spoilers as possible. So you have a lot of fun and go check it out. Um, by the way, you guys are giving a lot of love to Chicago. So as we kind of wrap up here, I've never been to Chicago. So you guys got to tell me what's some spots, some restaurants, some stuff I need to check out. Well, right now I'm going to say the lakefront is a good place because, um, fresh air and, uh, yep. you know, got a social distance, a beautiful body of water with a mask mm -hmm. on is the best thing to do. So let's, let's get this virus on out of here. Yeah, yep. definitely gonna kick it with me. I'm gonna take you around the town. Now. Hey, there we go. <laughs> um, you know, in the summertime, you know, Chicago downtown, it's a beautiful place to be. There's a lot of festivals, jazz festival going on, mm -hmm. gospel festivals, and the taste happens. You know, you have Navy Pier, they do the fireworks. So, and you know, for me, I like to salsa dance. So, <laughs> oh, nice. There you go. Okay. Some okay. spots that do some salsa dance, they'll do like a lesson for an hour and then you can salsa all night. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I like to think I can dance. So, you know, yeah, well, we get halfway We're going to get you footwork in there. We're going to get you <laughs> footwork juke. Hey, I'm ready then. Karen, what you got? Where, where should I need, where I need to check out when I get a chance to come to Chicago? Well, I mean, check out the theater. I mean, well, come on, Nikki. You get... Come plug your theater. Come on, Nikki. Come on. Oh, Don't yes. Plug it up. See, I was going to get to that, but you guys already beat me to the theater. So, yeah, plug it up. Plug it up. Stay tuned. When you come to Chicago, we would be happy to have you with the Looking Glass Theater Company located on the Magnificent Mile. And, you know, it's just like, really, we're going to take you to all of the theaters all throughout Chicago. Like, honestly, there is a great theater all around Chicago. A Red Orchid. <laughs> Red Orchid, yes, like come through. Red Orchid, so we're going to go to Old Town. And Old right. Town is wild. Right. Oh, oh man. It looks cute, but it's wild. So, Karen. <laughs> is this Fargo go, Part 2? Because I don't know if I'm ready for Fargo Part 2. Yeah, Karen, y'all are <laughs> over there. I love it. Y'all so butt over there. <laughs> but we're going to take you. We're going to get you some good food. We're going we gonna to take you. Yeah, care. you must come. You must. Oh man, I'm excited now. Y'all got the whole itinerary planned out. We just got to get past the, the the whole pandemic, and we got the mask on, the social distancing. Yeah, <laughs> we love your podcast. This is wonderful. Thank you for doing this. So much. Well, you know, we got to bring in the ladies. You know, you got to show the black love, the black these beautiful women of color yeah. doing y'all thing. Y'all are so talented. I love yeah. it. They better watch out for you guys. I'm going to see what's what's coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> I love the nerd. I'm glad you honor the the nerd part of us. Like mm -hmm. that's what oh I yeah, you gotta have the nerd part. Yeah, <laughs> yep, definitely. Well, thank you guys so much. That's all. That's all I got. I mean, we're good unless you guys want to give us a little send off. Anything extra? Because you guys got all the stories, so I'm just I'm just sitting back chilling. <laughs> uh, we do have all the stories, so I just want to send a shout out to everybody out there that is thinking about screenwriting, that's thinking about being a content creator, that's thinking about running the studio, thinking about running distribution, keep going. We need mm -hmm. you. We need all of us to band together and there is no one way to go at it. And we gonna break down all these machines, okay? Do it any way you can, throw some sand in the gear, dismantle it, blow it up, do what you got to, but just keep 
going. Mm-hmm. We need to have more of us on camera and behind the camera. Yep. Death. And you know what I mean? So just yep. keep going. If, if we can impart anything, that's what I've got to say. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.